Welcome to today's episode of Fire in the Belly. This is where we get to hear some pretty inspiring stories from some amazing people. You know, it's always an absolute pleasure to sit down, take time out and have a warts and all conversation about their journey. I'm always intrigued by what it's taken for people to get to where they are today. And hopefully in this interview, we get to hear some more about that. From this, my mission is to help people to find their own fire in their belly. And from that, to live the mightiest version of you. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's guest. Success is a process, not an event. Hello and welcome to Fire in the Belly. Today we have myself, Mighty Pete, and we have the Shannon Ferguson. Good afternoon to you. Hello, how are you? Awesome, awesome. Listen, thanks for coming on. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. So, Shannon, tell us, who are you? What are you? Hi, I'm... I'm Shannon Ferguson, um, and I am from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Um, Currently, I am a student of Dynamite Lifestyle, um, studying thinking into results, learning to kind of transform my mindset um, and take control of my life. Um, And I'm also a student of hypnotherapy and life coaching. Uh, So currently just preparing to launch my business within the next few months and and start helping more people. Oh, wow. That's a lot of, there's a lot of development going on, a lot of change there, is there? Yeah. So I'm, I realized when I started both of these programs at the same time, when I learned to kind of work on my own mindset and take control of my own life, it'll kind of complement uh, the the skills I'm gaining that I'm learning to help other people anyway. So learning to help myself more, I'll be able to help more people. So <laughs> works well. Makes sense. Makes sense. Is this something you've always done? It's, it's you know, spending time and working on your own personal development and mindset? Uh, not, not forever. I mean, I, the last 10 years or about 10 years ago, I, uh, I sought help for like drug and alcohol addiction. And I started, um, with like counseling and, and, you know, making changes along the way. Um, but just this last year, especially was the biggest shift. And, and I just, I feel like I made like a complete 180 in, in the kind of, um, I used to want to work for, for other people and, you know, nine to five, not really living my passion. And I could feel that something, something was off and and I was meant for, for something different. And yeah, just the last year I I've made (laughs) so many different changes and, and uh, yeah, I've, especially this year, just finally figuring out kind of what my passion is and and what I'm meant to do is, is really exciting. So I don't feel like I'm coasting anymore. Um, yeah, I have a purpose now. So, <laughs> oh wow. Well, I mean, that's the first thing I was going to ask you. Really, is you know, what does fire in the belly mean to you? First of all, ah, uh, fire in the belly. Well, definitely living a life of of passion and purpose is what it would would mean to me. How I would interpret it. Um, I definitely feel like I've lived a lot of my life without a clear sense of direction and purpose, and and was living for other people and what everyone else wanted and, and learning how to tune into what I desire for my life and what feels right for me. That's definitely created a fire in my belly and, and an excitement about, about life and, and where I'm going. So. <laughs> and that's, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, you're saying that's only happened in the, the like the last short while, really. I mean, what, yeah. what, what was the change? Do you know? I mean, was there a particular turning point or a significant event yeah. for you? Yeah, well, I, so after I got sober in, in 2011, I mean, I, I was still repeating unhealthy relationships and going from job to job, kind of not feeling like I was 
happy about life or even liked really who I was because I was pulled in so many directions trying to please everyone else. Um, and about uh, beginning of last year, so early 2020, I left uh, a relationship I was in that I realized I was really compromising my my values and and the things I believe in. And I just wasn't happy and I wasn't being treated well. And I realized that I was essentially showing people how I, I was allowing them to treat me just by what I was, you know, kind of putting up with and not having boundaries. And when I left that relationship, there was just this something in me, like snapped in a good way. It was like, okay, enough is enough. I am done living for other people. I, I, I want to f- figure out what I am meant to do with my own life because there has to be more than just coasting and being pulled in a million directions. So i um, leaving that relationship. And then, um, you know, just really diving into listening to like inspirational stories on, on like YouTube and speeches and just hearing about people leaving their typical jobs that they, they weren't super happy in and, and learning to create a life for themselves and, and kind of break the mold of generation to generational patterns of, you know, limiting beliefs. It, it kind of, it really opened my mind to what's possible and I realized that I don't have to allow what I grew up believing was possible for my life to actually predict my future. I can change my thinking. I can learn to believe in myself and my own capabilities and, you know, face fears, and <laughs> which is where the growth comes from anyways, right? So a lot of people, especially me, when afraid of something, kind of want to pull back and be like, oh, that doesn't feel right. But I'm learning that doing the things that make me uncomfortable is where the growth comes from and feeling proud of myself is the best feeling because it's, it's pretty new. <laughs> so. Oh, wow. Well, fair yeah. play. I mean, you mentioned values there. I mean, do you, mm-hmm. what would your core values or your soul values be? Do you ever think about that? I definitely integrity first and foremost, um, like doing what I say I'm going to do, but also like being very honest, um, honest with myself and others, um, admitting faults. If I, if, or not, if I have one, I have plenty of faults, but being open and and honest about those and acknowledging when I've fallen short on something and, and can improve just consistent reflection day by day on what I could improve about myself and also what I've done well. Um, and then also living authentically. Authenticity is so important. Um, yeah, just I've I've learned, especially over the last year, that speaking about things I'm ashamed of or, or have been ashamed of, giving just speaking openly about it, it takes that shame away. And, and it also it allows other people in and, and creates more depth in relationships. And it also shows other people that it's okay to be human. <laughs> I feel like there's there's too much pressure in, in society to present this certain image of perfection and the perfect life and the highlight reels and and not talking about struggles and things that make us human that we all go through. Um, so yeah, I've I'm consistently t- giving voice to whatever it is that I realize I should share about that I might be ashamed of, and and the the relationships, the depth of relationships that have been created as a result and also the people from all over the world that have been reaching out to me as a result of my openness is it's amazing so it's it's a great way to live <laughs> yeah. sounds awesome i mean it's almost like you you've taken that and turned it into a bit of a superpower is that is that a fair thing to say <laughs> yeah 
I mean, I, w- I don't know that I'd ever say that about myself, but I, 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 yeah, it's, it's definitely turned into a strength of mine. I used to see things that I was ashamed of in my past as like a weakness or just something that made me not good enough. And, and yeah, I, yeah, I, I now realize that my sensitivity, <laughs> I'm, I'm a lot of emotions and, and I used to see that as a, a weakness and my struggles, I used to see those as weaknesses, but now the amount of people that have told me that I've inspired them to turn their own lives around. I'm like, okay, this is, this is a strength. This is a good thing. This is a blessing. And my struggles were not in vain and I'm using them for a purpose. So yeah, it's, it's a strength <laughs> or season <of> power. <laughs> No, no, fair. I mean, listen, you're, you're, you know, to to reuse that energy in a different way is is brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's, it makes a lot of sense. And tell me, I mean, do you believe you are where you're supposed to be right now, or where do you Absolutely. see yourself? Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I used to, when I was younger, I mean, I used to think, oh, I wish I could talk to people. I wish I had something interesting to say. Um, You know, I wish I was better at relating to people. And then I went through all these struggles. And, and I realized that they've all happened for a reason and they've given my life purpose and, and direction. And I am where I'm supposed to be because I'm listening to those intuitive nudges of the next steps I need to take at any given moment and feeling at peace with myself and my honesty with whatever is going on in my life and that I'm doing my best to improve my life and help others. Yeah, I feel like I'm I'm definitely definitely where I'm supposed to be. So, <laughs> it feels good. That's interesting. I mean, you talked about being at peace with yourself. I mean, is that has that been an easy process for me because I mean, you, you talked about all the sort of different feelings, you know, and then sort of different, mm-hmm. you know, sort of crutches really, you know, as well. So, talk to us a little bit about mm-hmm. that if you would. Yeah, so um Definitely over the last last year when I decided to make these changes, it's been one thing at a time that's been revealed to me that I needed to remove from my life, whether it be like a person that doesn't, you know, isn't the best kind of person for me to be around, um, or it's like unhealthy eating. Um, I was addicted to nicotine gum for nine years, <laughs> gambling, like all these things. And it's just like one thing at a time that is coming to my awareness and I'm like, okay, this is the next thing to work on. This is the next thing to work on. And yeah, it's, it's been emotional. It's, there's definitely been a lot of pain. Um, but when I cry and I let it out, I, I, I know that it's healing and that I've been, my body has been storing a lot of the stress and things for, for years and negative self-image and, the more I listen to my intuitive nudges and the more I'm, I'm true to myself and I'm honest with myself and others and keep removing one thing at a time that's revealed to me that's not best for my life, the more I've, I've learned to, to love myself and, and feel at peace with, with where I'm at um, because I'm making progress and I'm not just choosing to stay stuck and because it's safe and comfortable. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm facing the fears when, and it's scary as heck sometimes, but, but I'm doing it. I'm doing it. So. Okay. I mean, you were saying, I mean, would you say, well, do, do you like yourself? Do you love yourself or what, what stage you at there? I do. Yeah. I, I would say I, I definitely, I, I love myself now. I, 
know that I am a very good person and I know that I have the best of intentions in anything I do. I know that I'm often misinterpreted or misunderstood, but I know that's, I know my intention behind anything I do or say. Um, and I, 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 I love that I care so much about others and I'm using my own struggles to, to help other people. And rather than just kind of keeping it to myself and sharing about it is scary sometimes, but yeah, I, the more things I do that scare me, the more proud of myself I become and the more I, I love who I am. So <laughs> I, I couldn't have always said that though. I spent most of my life not liking who I was. So this is, this is a nice change. <laughs> do you, I mean, through your life I mean have you been this person before if that makes sense you know in terms of your values who you are today and that sort of alignment I mean were you ever that as a child or do you think this is almost you finding you for the first time you've closed the gap yeah I I mean I grew up I grew up very religious I'm, I'm more spiritual now um but I I never really until the last while learned to think for myself. I I was uh, told to be this way or be this way and, you know, just don't upset anyone and always worry about everyone else. And yeah, I've, I, I never really knew I could think for myself and, and, and choose what felt right, choose to do what felt right for me. So I wouldn't really say that I've always been this way. I've always been like a I think a kind-hearted person underneath all of the the turmoil and addictions and everything. But yeah, it's just, I've now learned to love myself because I'm doing what my intuition tells me to do. I'm not bearing it with all the, the substances trying to escape from my life or hanging around the wrong people that don't treat me well because I think I deserve it and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty new. <laughs> I mean, are you clear how the sort of substances did serve you? Because I mean, generally we do things that serve us. Unfortunately, sometimes not always, not always good for us, but it does serve us in some way. Are you clear on that? Yeah, I mean, when I started drinking, I was fourteen, and I, I mean, I had struggled with so much social anxiety or just anxiety in general. I could barely leave my house and walk a block down the road to go to the corner store to grab something because I was worried what everyone driving by was thinking of me. Like it was that debilitating and my family would just be like, Oh, get over it. You know? And when I started drinking, like I skipped school, I skipped school one day with this girl from school and hung out with these older men and they gave me alcohol for the first time. And the shyness and anxiety that I had that had been so debilitating that my family didn't seem to understand or, you know, they didn't really think was real or was all made up in my head. When I had alcohol, it, it felt, I felt free and I, I felt like I was laughing and I hadn't laughed in so long. And, and it quickly became this thing that I just needed all the time. And I just wanted to escape and yeah, it helped me be com comfortable around people. Um, but it wasn't like a real comfort around people because when I wasn't drinking, <laughs> I'd still be hanging out with those people. I was back to being awkward. So I didn't really learn to be comfortable around people until I actually went to rehab and <laughs> lived with 19 women. And, you know, you learn to talk to people when you're living in a house with 19 women who aren't doing any substances or drinking. So, um, but yeah, it was definitely to escape and, numb out and yeah just not feel as much because I'm a very feeling person <laughs> as I mentioned so kind of numbing those out was kind of nice at the time 
It's interesting. I mean, you, your language is very kinesthetic. It's very feeling. I'm very feeling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's all over. Is that is that always been the case? Do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm very much like my dad in that way. Actually, my sister too. We're very feeling, emotional, sensitive people, and yeah, I actually learned about that in my uh, hypnotherapy classes I'm taking too. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm definitely a very kinesthetic person. <laughs> yeah. That's great because it's interesting because you talked about you know intuition there as well and they often go hand in hand sort of yeah intuitive and feeling which is great so I mean is intuition does that play a big part in your life very much so I and I actually learned this recently too because it, it very much um, relates or resonated with me what I heard is that you're um, you can make a conscious uh, sorry your heart or your intuition will give you a nudge. And, and then about five seconds later is when the logical mind will start like rationalizing and trying to talk you out of it. I'm like, oh, that's so true. Because when I just act like that on that impulse, that nudge, um, that's when the good things, that's when I make the right choice. So I've learned to learn to listen to that. So Because I know when I don't is when bad things happen. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Sort of following the right, the right nudge is always an interesting, interesting yeah. way. Yeah. Me, I mean... It's you talked about the social anxiety there, and even up to the age of fourteen. I mean, do, do you know where your social anxiety came from? Is it something you always had, or you know? Yeah, I mean, I there was a fair bit of tension at home, and I I felt like I was kind of uh, like a burden, and I just felt like I was an inconvenience. Not that they necessarily told me I was, but I, it is how I felt. And I also was just very insecure about the way I looked Um, and people in school had bullied me a lot. And I just, I, I thought that my worth was in my appearance and I was afraid, so afraid of anyone making fun of the way I looked. And I was afraid of sounding stupid. And I just, I mean, my, my own family, they didn't have real so big social lives or anything. So I never really, learned how to talk to people and you know school can sometimes be a tough place (laughs) people can sometimes not be so nice so I think just hurtful comments from people just kind of continued to you know make it maybe a little worse and I accepted these things as true and it just amplified my anxiety (laughs) so now I learned that I can either accept these things that people might say about me or not and I'm pretty good at you know not accepting them nowadays (laughs) So, and, yeah, and, definitely. Um, yeah. And the mini version of Shannon, then, I mean, is that something Sorry? that was the sort of the mini version of you? Was that always something that was your for, foresight, you know, that sort of shy, anxious, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I, um, I still, I mean, <laughs> I can still sometimes feel. I don't want to say shy because I, I really enjoy talking to people. I, I can be like very bubbly and outgoing and expressive, but there can still be those little voices in my head or, you know, wondering what people think of me and, and yeah, that'll pass through my mind though. And then I, I choose to not let it take over the way it used to. It used to completely control my life. And I mean, I can either choose to let it now or not. <laughs> and I choose to not let it. So yeah, I won't let it win. <laughs> <laughs> always, always interesting when people talk about hearing voices, you know. But I mean, talk, I mean, is your do you get a lot of chatter in your head, a lot of commentary oh, yeah. going on? 
All day. I learned this recently too. Some people are a large part of the population. They don't have a lot of self-talk all throughout the day. And I was like, whoa, really? Because all day for me, it's like, ta, 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 ta. <laughs> and then it'll often be out loud a lot as well too. My, my poor boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of chatter in there all the time. And I have to, I, I'm, con- I'm consistently doing my best to notice the kinds of thoughts I'm having and whether they're positive or negative and kind of if they're not so friendly to me I will do my best to nip them in the bud and be like okay let's think something opposite and say something nice to myself so it's a continuous work in progress but yeah lots of chatter there's different voices I mean because I know for me it was always three there was myself that talked you know would be talking here to you and and they had Mm -hmm. me and I Sort of in the background having this ping pong match behind me, just <laughs> chatting away. And I'm always interested, you know, sort of <laughs> yeah. No, no, I was all over that. I was it was great, you know. So I mean, do you tend to find you you've different voices and and different, you know, sort of good side, bad side, etc.? Yeah. Well, I would say especially now that I'm learning to think differently. So there's the there's the previous thought patterns and then there's the newer stuff that I'm learning. And then sometimes we'll be like competing with each other of like what's real and what's not. And I'll admit definitely working through changing my thought patterns to be more positive and and you know, see my potential and, and speak nicely to myself. Sometimes there's moments of feeling a little a little crazy because I'm like I'm like these two things are so opposite and and I'm learning that the good stuff is what's true um but yeah it's definitely they're definitely conflicting so there's there's some some back and forth in there but I'm looking forward to when things start really becoming more on the positive side I mean they're getting better but not hearing the negatives as much I'm looking mm. forward to that because it still likes to, you know, say hello every now and again. <laughs> so. It's interesting. I, I, I think the, the personal development along with the likes of the hypnotherapy, I think is incredibly mm. powerful, mm. you know, it gives you such an opportunity both for mindset and the voices and everything else. Yeah. I mean, it's all for the ultimate better good, right? You know, so it's, yeah. it's there. Yeah. Out of interest, yeah. And starting both of them at the same time too, the fact that both opportunities came up at the same time, I gave my notice at my nine to five with like no backup plan. And within two days, these two programs popped up and I was like, these make sense together. So sign me up. I love it. So. I love it. Yeah. Why not? I mean, it gives you a chance to focus on it. Yeah. What did, what did you want to be when you grew up? What was the original plan way back? I couldn't, you know, I, it kind of went all over the place. And I, back then I didn't really see a lot of potential in myself. I just saw the reasons why I couldn't do anything. Um, I used to want to be an actress and then I wanted to be a fitness trainer or a nutritionist. And then I wanted to be, uh, I don't even know. There were so many different things and I couldn't really decide. And I felt like they were all different titles that seemed like, oh, you should do this or you should do that. But none of them really truly spoke to me. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was supposed to do something a little different maybe than the norm. And when the schooling opportunity for like hypnotherapy, life coaching, NLP, EFT, all of this in combination came up. I was like, yes, (laughs) because I had hypnotherapy myself several months ago and it was just so like transformational for me very quickly compared to other forms of counseling I had had. So yeah, it just spoke to me. So yeah, it was hard to go through several years of life, not 
fully knowing what felt right for me um, in like in regards to like a career path because there's the whole oh when you graduate or when you're 18 or you should like go to college and you should know what you're gonna do and I, I mean at 31 I finally realized what I wanted to do and there's no perfect recipe for you know figuring out what you're meant to do in your life it's it varies and I realize that now so now yeah, I'm glad I'm just glad I figured it out now. <laughs> Yeah, listen, I think people can go through their entire lifetime and never figure it out. So I think to get to this stage, it's it's awesome that you've, you know, you've taken the time out or you took the decision, right? You know, it's important yeah. for people to do that. Yeah, definitely. And the thought of running my own business, it's, a couple months ago, I never would have even, never would have crossed my mind. So it's definitely learning to push through the, the terror barrier right now. I'm on lesson seven of thinking into results and I'm feeling, I'm feeling the emotions of getting out of my comfort zone. What's that, you know, well, for anyone that's listening, I mean, really sort of thinking into results, it's a, it's a Bob Proctor, Proctor Gallagher uh, program, you know, and it's, a, it's incredibly powerful, you know, it's great. You yeah. know, so it's, um, but I love that, you know, really sort of finding, you know, in, in, in sort of investigating and then, you know, really sort of interrogating yourself. I think it's such a powerful thing to do, you know? Yeah. Have you found there's this stage, you know, there's certain things where you go into a flow state. There's, there's actually certain things you resonate very strongly with. You with, know, the, with the thinking into results program? Well, in general, I suppose, because I mean, you're doing a lot of service-based things, you know, you talked about the NLP, the hypnotherapy, the EFT, et cetera, you know, so this is all, is, is it all to be of service or is it, you know, really for yourself first? It's, I mean, I've, I've experienced the the hypnotherapy for myself and because it, it's helped me so profoundly and, and I know that I already knew I wanted to help people and I, I wanted my story and my struggles to not be in vain. Um, and you know, my life experience has schooled me plenty. Um, but having these extra formal skills to, to help people, it's, it's, I mean, it's for others, but it, it feeds my soul as well in the process. So it's, it's for both. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, it gives my life purpose to, to help people and make a difference in the world. So. Wow. That's, that's great. And I mean, is this like this sort of, um, you know, caring and, and really sort of looking after other people. Is that something that runs in the family? Is it something that's been inspired by people around you? Or, you know, is there any particular reason you, you, you led this path? Uh, well, I think for me, especially when I was in, in rehab and and there were several like new girls coming in all the time and I saw the look of fear on their face and I, I would take them under my wing pretty much and kind of show them the ropes and like kind of let them know the structure of the place. And, and often they'd be put in my room with me as like a roommate kind of thing. And the, the lady running the program was like, you know, you found your calling. And that really spoke to me because it, it was, I was able to help them be more comfortable in a very new, scary path. And, you know, going into rehab isn't, <laughs> isn't, it's it's intimidating for sure. It really is, and because you basically give up everything in your life and everything you've really known to try something new, and you're just at rock bottom at that point, right? So, it uh, helping people and and seeing them be more comfortable and 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 go through the journey of of reflecting and healing and all of those things. It it yeah, it made me feel really good. 
because I knew how I felt when I came into rehab and how scared I was. And when I see the look on their faces and or anyone who's struggling now, it's like I can feel what they're feeling. And I just want them to know that there's a solution and that people can heal. So I feel like I'm going to get teary now. <laughs> no, listen, I mean, I appreciate you sharing that. And I was going to say, I mean, did, did, did rehab, did it work for you? I mean, was it the, the right thing? Yeah, it, I mean, I still I'm coming up on 10 years with no alcohol, um, but and I haven't done any hard drugs just the last year and a half. I've started to incorporate like a cannabis and, and mushrooms or microdosing, but um, it, it did. It really um, doing the 12 steps. It helped me kind of learn that my life had really become unmanageable with what I was doing and and learning to trust that there's another way and and learning to regularly reflect and to get personal inventory every day and be like okay these are the things i was great at today these are the things i could improve and then also you know not blaming learning how to not blame everyone else for any issues and learning how to take my own part like see this was my part in this situation that happened that wasn't so great this is what i can do better for next time and learning that i have a part in these things that weren't so great in my life and acknowledging that, which is hard. <laughs> um, but that it really set the foundation for the last almost 10 years now of, of regularly noticing when things didn't feel right and making the necessary changes. So um, I did get kicked out of rehab though. It was for, I just broke some rules, not for relapsing, but I was, I was seeking comfort and, and, relationships that I shouldn't have been. And it was something I needed to learn outside of rehab, which I finally did. And <laughs> it took us a few years, but it's, yeah, but I'm still friends with the staff there and they, they don't hate me or anything. It was just, I had something I needed to work on. <laughs> so, but yeah, it worked well for me. It did. Is that, I mean, do you find that important? What other people think about you? Does it, is that something that comes into play for you? It used to rule my life. Um, but uh, I would say maybe six months ago, actually, I realized that I can't remember exactly what it was. I just knew that I was so unhappy and not being able to please everyone because everyone has different things that they wanted from me or expectations. And I was like, I can't please everyone. It's exhausting to even try. Why don't I try living for myself? You know, and it just feels way better to make choices that feel right for me. And I've, I've learned that the people that are meant for my life and who, yeah, they'll love me for my abilities to set, to set boundaries and to do what feels right for me. And, and they'll be proud of me for that. And I'm proud of them for having boundaries and all those things too. And it's just, it's created a lot more, yeah, authenticity and in relationships and freedom to just say, this is what I need. This is how I feel. And if someone is unkind to me for, for whatever I express I need or whatever I feel, then they're just not at a place perhaps that, that is, you know, in alignment with the journey that I'm moving towards, you know, so for the journey that I'm on. So it's, it's been healing to realize that it truly doesn't matter what other people think of me. I mean, sure. Sometimes it'll hurt when people will say hurtful things, but the fact that I, I love myself and I'm proud of the work I've done and I know my intentions and that I'm a good person, it quickly, you know, wipes out those, those sad feelings of, oh, no, this person doesn't like me. I'm like, eh, 
is what it is. Uh, there's lots of people that do. So I got lots of friends now. It's really nice. <laughs> Good people too, who like that I am myself. So. Makes sense. I mean, that, you know, would you say, describe it almost like as a pleaser gene, you know, it's almost seeking validation or seeking energy from others by pleasing them when yeah. it may or may not work. You know, that sometimes works and sometimes doesn't, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of learned it from from my parents they're very much like any in anything you do be aware of what other people would think or, or don't be rude or be aware of how other people are feeling or be polite and all those kinds of things and and they're you know it's good it's it's good to be polite and mindful of other people but if it takes over your entire life it's 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 i feel like it's a recipe for unhappiness to be honest and unfulfillment so yeah, because essentially we'll kind of ignore that inner voice of what we need and feel like, oh, we shouldn't, we should just ignore what we want or what feels right to us to make everyone else happy. And yeah, it's just, it doesn't make me feel good to keep living that way. So I'm not. <laughs> if you were to go back and, and be able to sort of have a chat with yourself, your younger self, what would you say? I mean, to that 14 year old or even younger. Oh, goodness. Um Okay, I think the waterworks might start. I did. I did record a letter to myself video a while back, and I fall by. So, ugh. um, I would tell her that she's <laughs> that she's worthy, and that that she's not the mean things that people say she is, and you know her worth is more than external. And that she's going to have a great future <laughs> and that all of her struggles were for a reason, even though she didn't see it then. And yeah, that her story is going to help a lot of people and just keep, <laughs> keep being a good person and keep, keep doing what feels right. Keep being honest. And yeah. And, and things will work out the way they're supposed to. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I I didn't know I was deserving of love back then. And I would tell her that she is absolutely worthy of love and that she's not the reason for other people's problems that, that were blaming her. And she, yeah. And that she's not stupid. <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even graduate high school. I finished grade 10 and I thought that was gonna set up my life for for failure. I was doing a lot of drugs and drinking back then, but I don't feel like I'm stupid now. I used to think I was for a long time. So yeah, she's not stupid. Do you think do you think she was looking to be seen? Yeah. Seen for as more. <laughs> seen as more than a problem or an inconvenience. Yeah, that's how I felt I was for a long time. And even in relationships, romantic relationships, I thought it was a burden and an inconvenience. And I, yeah, I just, I, I didn't even know, like I just accepted all of those things as true. And I don't even know what I would have wanted to be seen for other than just actually cared for and loved and spoken nicely to. <laughs> yeah. 
it's also, I mean, it can be tough too. And, and when you do get the things and when someone's nice to you, quite often, yeah, it's like, this can't be real. Oh, there's hidden motives or they're, they're really thinking other things than what they're saying. This can't be true. Yeah, oh yeah. Even the, I mean, a couple healthier men that were in my life a few years back, like I just pushed them away because I didn't know what to do with it. I just sabotage, sabotage, right? And yeah, I I didn't feel worthy or I just didn't believe that it was tr- like real. And yeah, I was still very much ashamed of, of my past. And yeah, I... <laughs> it's nice now though because the relationship I'm in now we got all the hard conversation out of the way everything like anything that people would consider taboo or off limits like we did all the things that people like oh don't talk about that early on but neither of us wanted to waste each other's time and we asked all the hard stuff and it's created such a foundation of complete transparency and honesty and anything that comes up that's hard to talk about or that maybe for most it's like automatic okay we're gonna talk about this and yeah it's just nice to be doing things differently and know that he like I accept him for everything he's done in his life and he accepts me and has never shamed me once Mm. and I'm not ashamed of my past anymore either but just to be with somebody who is healthy and willing to communicate too and sees me for more than just the external is nice (laughs) so I'm not pushing this one away (laughs) I'm keeping this one (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love it. I mean, it's as you say. I mean, there's a there's a congruency there, isn't there? Really, that it's alignment of the inner you and the outer you. You know, is and that in itself is very powerful. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. Just learning to be true to myself and love myself. I've been able to realize that I'm worthy of love and and love others in a healthier way. And even even my cat, like I've never felt so much love for an animal. I just feel this overwhelming love for so many things now <laughs> beyond what I've ever thought was possible. Like now I understand the movies, <laughs> like the crying happiness. Oh, I feel it. I feel it all now. <laughs> but I mean, like the movies are portray a more perfect image than what reality is, but I'm still able to feel all those mushy feelings along with all of the little bumps in the road <laughs> so I, mean, I, I feel i have to ask i mean are you a pretty crier or are you an ugly crier <laughs> i have a video on youtube if anyone wants to check it out you can let me know that but <laughs> some people were saying that I, i'm a pretty crier uh, i mean i don't really try to <laughs> you know i just let it out and i know that cortisol comes out in your tears when i learn this now i just tell everybody this and i just let it out however it wants to so it's not an all and you know it's probably not so pretty but it comes out <laughs> and then i feel better afterwards so the smile after and the glowing eyes that's the pretty i guess <laughs> and that, do you feel each time i mean that that process of almost that letting go or that sort of you know releasing those emotions do, do you find that's useful for you is that does that serve you absolutely yeah i am um, i know that when i let the tears go it's it because it releases cortisol and it just I feel better afterwards and because I'm such a like feeling sensitive person it's it's I won't say it's an irregular occurrence or not so common occurrence it it happens but I I accept it as as normal for me and and I know how much better I feel afterwards and when I hold them in it, it creates more 
I can feel the tension or it stores it in my body. And sometimes when I do certain yoga routines, um, there's tension, emotional tension stores in different parts of the body. So when I do certain stretches, sometimes for no reason, other than I feel like I need to let out some emotion, I will because the body is letting it go and it's, it's healing. And if you hold it in, it, it, it's harmful. So how I let it out is through crying, <laughs> but I often cry happy tears a lot too. So it's just, Part of the process for me. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's like in whatever way the energy needs to come out, let it out. You know, it's, there's a lot to be said there. Yeah. You know, do you think in general people get you? No, I don't. I've I've had it actually. I had a prophetess speak to me once too, and she was like, she didn't know anything about me other than my name, and she was like, people misunderstand you so often, but you have such a good heart, and. I, I, like I'd never said anything to her other than my name and and I started bawling because it's so true and I've I've also had people meet me after apparently judging me <laughs> beforehand and they're like oh you're actually really nice and it when people say that it, it you know reminds me that okay people often do misinterpret me and and see me as very different than than how I actually am as a person they they often judge the external and they're like oh she's probably just a snob or you know feel she's better than everyone and that's so not the case because I know what it's like to feel like crap about myself and it's it's been a lot of personal work hard work to learn to love who I am and yeah it's it's it hurts sometimes when when people judge me and like even at a restaurant um, a couple months ago, I sat down at this table and all of the women across from me, I could hear them talking not so nicely about me. And I was like, well, I just sat down. So it's, it's, it hurts, but I mean, it says more about, I mean, if people want to talk not so nicely about me, it does say more about where they're at and how they're feeling, but it still hurts sometimes. So, yeah, but I know who I am. I know I'm a good person and I know I want to just, you know, share love and be kind to everybody and people decide to judge or happen to misinterpret. It is what it is. I can't convince everyone the type of person I am. They'll, they'll view me through their own lens or filter of whatever they're going through in my life. And it is what it is. So yeah, I'm, I've learned that now. <laughs> when did you, do you get, did you understand why people judge you or even back to being a child and why people were bullying you? Does it make mm -hmm. any sense or logic to you? Um, I mean, it wasn't just women that were picking on me. I mean, even even guys were too. And people would say, oh, it's because they liked you. And people will say whatever it may be. I mean, I've had some people say, oh, maybe they're just jealous. But that's not the automatic thought. Like, that's not where I go in my mind. I just, and yeah, I I know that a lot of people will, like they go through different things in life and it sometimes it makes people temporarily feel better to put someone else down or talk trash and yeah it, it just is I mean I've been in points in my life too where I wasn't feeling so good and I have had times of not speaking very nicely about others as well I can admit that and I know where I was at at those times so if I choose to look at it that way I can perhaps understand maybe where they're coming from but yeah, it, I mean, it happens and it's just part of part of life, part of being uh, very active on social media too. <laughs> get the you know, a few comments every now and again that aren't so friendly, but I, I usually just laugh at it now. I'm like, okay, someone's having a bad day. 
<laughs> so I'm not going to let it ruin mine. <laughs> you find that do you do you do you attract a lot of negative attention online, or is it uh, what's your sort of perception of it? Yeah, I mean, beforehand, I would say more so because um, a lot of it was when I thought my worth was tied into external. I was very much. Um, I was, I was very out there <laughs> with some of the things I would wear or not wear. And I, I, you know, a lot of people would say hurtful things and, and put me down and judge me. And, but now when people put me down, I mean, I, the other day I, I shared a very vulnerable video of me talking and sharing something I had been ashamed of that I felt I wanted to bring to the world <laughs> and share about. And somebody was like, nobody cares what you have to say. They only follow you because you look good. And I was like, okay. And I went to their page anyways, and they was all like alcohol and cigars and everything. I was like, okay, there you go. <laughs> but I, it just, yeah, it, 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 I'm not getting as much negative attention now. Um, but sometimes people will, you know, try and put me down about little things I'm sharing about because they're, they feel like it. But usually now it's a lot more positive people saying I inspire them. Um, or that I've, I've given voice to something that they had been struggling with, that they had felt alone with. So when I changed the types of posts and messages, um, once I learned to feel more proud of myself and who I am and learn to love myself, my style of posts changed and the types of comments and messages I'm getting. Now I'm getting a lot more from women too, which is great. A lot of very deep conversations with women, not just guys hitting on me. So <laughs> it's very different now. So. Yeah. <laughs> are you are you are you proud of yourself? I mean, what what's what's sort of been a really sort of proud moment for you? Is there anything that stands out? Yeah. Um. Well, definitely recently when I I posted a video about um, my choice to incorporate um, cannabis and and mushrooms or microdosing into my life, I had been in so much shame for about a year and a half, and it was creating a lot of turmoil within and contributing to bouts of depression and feeling like maybe I was a phony um, because I had like sober on my profile. It was clean and sober. Then I went to sober and now it's like alcohol free. Um, but when I decided to share about it and I was shaking in that video and my chest went so red, I was terrified, but I did it. And I, the response I got, even from people in the recovery community was actually really surprising. And I realized that I had created this entire scenario in my head of, of the type of response I would get. And it was hindering me from really feeling like I was moving forward and being completely authentic. And if I want to teach people to be, help people learn to be authentic to who they are, I feel like I need to do that myself and practice what I preach. And sharing that live or not live, but sharing that on Instagram, Facebook and social media, YouTube, it, it was very vulnerable for me. And, but I did it. And I was so proud of myself for that. And that just opened up so many doors for me and people being like, wow, like, you know, all these interviews and everything, it's been great. And, and people in recovery that have reached out to me saying that they had decided to incorporate the same things, but had been very ashamed to talk about it as well. They thanked me for for having the courage to to share. So, yeah, I'm proud of that. I mean, I'm proud of the fact that I left my nine to five and gave my notice with no backup plan and just had faith that something something that was meant for me would come and and it did. And yeah, just facing my fears. I mean, quitting alcohol however many years ago and being terrified of living in a 
house with 19 other women. <laughs> um, that was scary. That was very scary. Um, but I did it. So yeah, I keep just doing things that I feel like I'm supposed to do. And that I'm proud of myself for that. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, well, I mean, what's, what was your takeaway from sharing that? I mean, what did you learn about yourself? Uh, for about the, the mushrooms and mm. the, that one. Um, what did I learn about myself? I mean, I learned that, well, it was another kind of reinforcement of how good it feels to just completely live for myself and do what feels right for me and not live with, not live thinking my identity was this label of sobriety or recovery. And I learned that my openness, especially with that and and how afraid I was, it, it, it inspired, it inspired other people to, to share openly and, and start conversations with me too, and, and let go of their, their own shame. And I realized that the more I, I, I talk openly about things that I'm afraid of, the better I feel, but the more it, it inspires other people to do the same, because there's so much pressure to be, you know, have that perfect image and, you know, live worrying what everyone else thinks. And if I can help anyone live for themselves and, and let go of the, the fear of, of judgment as much as possible, then yeah, it's worth it. So <laughs> I'll keep, keep pushing through the fears. <laughs> no, fair play to you. I mean, even for this and, you know, speaking so freely and openly, I mean, that's, there's a lot to be said for that and just letting it out and, you know, sort of, yeah, being open and honest, you know, it doesn't always happen. So, I mean, I, I applaud you for that. Thank you. you know, Thank you. It feels you know. good. It was freeing for me. I felt like I could sleep great that night afterwards. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not hiding nothing anymore. Yeah. And then if anything ever comes up that I feel like I need to share about, then I will do it. <laughs> if I can do that, I can do anything. <laughs> so <laughs> what's, what was so daunting or so, um, I can't remember your words, you know, what you were saying about, about sharing, a, sharing a house with 19 other women. Oh, well, I mean, a lot of them had, well, I mean, I was, I was also extremely like anxious and socially awkward at that time to know how to talk to anyone without alcohol, but having, having the structure of, of everything that we're supposed to do in a day and, and also living with a lot of, of women who maybe not everyone, including myself, didn't know how to express their their anger or emotions in the best way. We were all used to numbing them out. <laughs> and yeah, and then all of us working through our, our struggles in life, like doing written work, doing the 12 steps and, and going through this emotional journey of, of healing and reflection and lots of crying, not just with me. <laughs> um, that, that was scary. It, it was just, it was very, it was just, it was a lot of it was just a lot to to dive into my own struggles and and past and things that I had buried and along with everyone else who was having it also I I gained some some friendships through it as well and and to know that we were all in it together in a way too so um but yeah having a structure of like gotta get up at this time gotta eat at this time gotta do your chores gotta do your laundry on this day and it was very very strict and there were a lot of rules and like you couldn't go out and not be uh, arms reach from someone else and it was just 
yeah. Oh, and I got my makeup taken away from me after a couple of weeks there too, because they realized I was using it as a mask, as a crutch to, you know, I was just, yeah, it was a mask and I wanted to leave. I thought no one would like me and going to meetings like AA and NA meetings with like a couple hundred people. <laughs> that was scary. But when I realized people still wanted to talk to me and I didn't leave rehab when they took my makeup away and I wanted to, um, that helped me realize, okay, <laughs> like people don't just like me for, you know, that. So it was, uh, it was nice, <laughs> but it was scary. But I saved some money on all the makeup products, so that's for sure. I used to wear a lot more back then. <laughs> Fair play. Uh, what I mean, is, is control a big thing for you? I mean, sort of what I'm hearing is a little bit about, you know, having your set routines, your structure and all that. And when that's sort of taken away from you, that's sort of quite difficult. Yeah. Well, having someone else make all the rules and yeah, I mean, perhaps it kind of brought me back to some of my upbringing too, which was, there. it was a little strict sometimes for sure. Um, I wouldn't say I'm so much about control now. Like I like doing what feels right for me now. So, so having, not having kind of my own schedule of what feels right for me um, can be a challenge, but also when they, I mean, when they took, took my makeup away and that was like, you know, my escape time to like do my makeup and then feel like I could be somebody else. That was hard for me too. So yeah, just feeling like that was taking my identity in that sense was like taken from me and it was like, okay, who am I? But now I post all the time without makeup and record videos without makeup. As soon as the moment of inspiration strikes, I just like, okay, record. I had a chemical peel one day and my face was like peeling everywhere, but I was like, I'm recording a video, <laughs> like it or not. So yeah, I'm, I'm getting better. I'm getting better at, at, um, you know, just living, living and doing, doing what feels right. And, and yeah, and things aren't as, as structured and, and regimented anymore. It's kind of, yeah, just listening to my body listening to what feels natural. So <laughs> do you think a part of that was almost like a ricochet, you know, from, you know, if you sort of quite a strict childhood do you think i mean you almost you, you you sort of over you know overcompensate there you know and you sort of go go wild and then you sort of eventually find your find your own natural level do you think that could be a yeah. case absolutely yeah i because when i grew up in like a very religious household and then i completely rebelled so that was me kind of like fighting for my own thing for a while and yeah definitely um i i yeah. And then eating disorder too, for a while there, like that was a sense of control and over-exercising. Yeah. I would definitely say I, I, it was kind of like a re sheer rebellion for years of, of yeah, just unhealthiness <laughs> and trying to have control in my own way, but it was not the best or healthiest ways that I was trying to find control. And yeah, now I'm, I'm learning to be more balanced and, and instead of pushing myself to exercise, for example, even when I want to, <laughs> some days I'm like, okay, my body needs rest. I need to stretch or I just need to like take it easy. And I heard recently, it's like, it, you know, you're committed when it takes more effort to have a rest day than it does to work out. I'm like, yep, <laughs> but I'm, I'm doing it now and, and, and it feels good. It's just like, okay, what do I need right now? What feels right for me? 
and learning to ask myself those things and not just be like, I should do this or I have to do this. So yeah, it's been a, for me to change <laughs> from sheer rebellion to balance or, you know, working on it as well. I don't know if there's ever like a perfect balance, but I feel like I'm getting fairly close to it. <laughs> what, I mean, what do you find now gives you the, the ideal balance or the, you know, the sort of, sort of the best thing in your life? What's, what do you mm-hmm. sort of, a structure for your day if you like yeah well I would definitely say having my like my yoga my meditation or some days it's like Pilates or weight training whatever it may be but I definitely start the day with stretching and breathing um have my cup of coffee write my gratitude list uh, start the day thinking about all the things I'm grateful for and crying (laughs) and um yeah listening to some like spa or meditation music and then um, then I, I eat and then I have my studies, uh, my personal development studies. And yeah, I mean, I, when I start um, coaching and doing hypnotherapy, I, I plan on working maybe like three, four days a week. Um, but I definitely just, I don't want my schedule or my life to be ruled by like work or exercise or whatever it may be. I just, I definitely feel like, um, yeah, having listening to what my body needs and having, having a balance. I mean, it's kind of hard to say every day what a certain structure would be because some days it's just, what do I need today? Some days I want to do a high intensity workout and I'm like, no, I need to rest. I feel tired today. So I do. And it, it varies, but just listening to my intuition and what my body needs and what my heart needs. And yeah, but definitely consistently moving forward and, 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 like reading or doing like personal development studies. I, I love making time for that every day. I need to fill my mind with inspiration and, and learning. And cause I used to just like veg out in front of the TV for a while and I didn't feel good about myself. Then I wasn't getting anything done. <laughs> I wasn't even exercising when I did that. And now it's like, occasionally I'll watch like Netflix, Netflix here and there, but it's, um, definitely being mindful of the types of messages I'm feeding my mind, whether it's through music or what I watch or um, yeah, what I'm reading, I'm just very aware of how I'm feeling with anything I watch. Like if I open up a news article and I'm like, okay, within two sentences, I'm not feeling good. Okay. Don't read it. (laughs) So just keeping, keeping the happiness working on it. And you were saying, I mean, I suppose to go along with your intuition, I mean, would you be sensitive to the energy or what's going on around you? You know, the other people, events, things like that, potentially outside of your zone. But I mean, do you mm-hmm. do you find, can you, I mean, do you see energy or do you feel it or? I, I, I definitely, I would say I feel it. Like I, I used to ignore those nudges and, and be around maybe people that or environments that weren't the healthiest. Um, and I used to just like, I couldn't be still. I had to be out. Uh, out all the time until all hours of the night, even when I wasn't drinking, I just couldn't be still. And now that I've, I mean, with last year and <laughs> kind of forced time on my own or time of rest, I've really learned to appreciate the time of stillness. And now whenever someone or an environment or whatever, I'm around something and I can feel the energy of whether it's makes me feel good or brings me down or just feels just feels negative. Um, I'm very hyper in tune, attuned, attuned, <laughs> one of those words. I can feel it. And I, I, yeah, I'm not really one to kind of go to 
I, well, I haven't been to a big event in a while, obviously, because last year, but I, I over, it might overwhelm me a little bit, to be honest, sometimes thinking about that, depending on the situation, so, and the kind of people, but if it's a bunch of big party crowd, that wouldn't really be my cup of tea, <laughs> I'd be like, nope, <laughs> so, if it's a TED Talks, maybe, I would like to go there. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I mean, would you say in general, are you, are you pleasure-driven or pain-driven in general? Mm. I was oh, so hard to answer because I would say sometimes it was more like the instant gratification of like the gambling, the drugs, whatever it may be, overexercise. Um, but then there were times where I felt good to feel sorry for myself. And that was so normal. Um, I think now the pain of, of change, <laughs> of growing is, is more what, what drives me now because it's all worth it in the end. And I know it's for good cause and I'm not just suffering and staying stuck. <laughs> it's, it's I'm doing the work. <laughs> so the pain of doing the good work is, is what drives me now. And then, and then there's pleasure after that. <laughs> so both. <laughs> are, are you, are you clear in where you're going? What's, what is the, the ultimatum here? What's the, what, what is the intention? Of, of like whatever I want to go with my life. Yeah. What's your, you know, your objective. Do you, do you put out big goals? Do you, where do you go? Yeah, so definitely starting my hypnotherapy and coaching business. Um, uh, end of July is my goal, um, and I definitely have goals of, of doing some some TED talks. That's definitely uh, one of my fears I want to face. And um, yeah, just la- launching my business. I wanna I wanna write a book, or I've also had people or somebody who's a, a, a movie writer reach out to me and and wanted to hear about my life. So I definitely. I'll know the ne- exact path and next steps to take as they're shown to me, but I definitely know that I want my story and my message to reach as many people as possible because I feel like it'll make a difference in in people's lives. Not saying it out of like, I'm amazing, but like, no, if I can go from feeling that awful about myself and, and wanting to like die and having all these addictions and everything and go from that to feeling like living true to who I am and true to what feels right for me and, and sharing a message of, of hope that anyone can turn their life around. Like that is, that's my main goal. And if I can just reach more and more and more people, that's, that's my biggest goal for sure. So, yeah. And then I want to have a very successful hypnotherapy business. It's going to happen. <laughs> what is it about hypnotherapy? Do you think? Um, for me, from my own experience, um, it was super healing for me because it's rather than just talking about whatever I had been going through or struggling with and like there's healing in that too, but with hypnotherapy, it helped me get to the root cause of a lot of my pain and, and certain ways that I had viewed myself or where certain thought patterns had originated from. So rather than just kind of talking about it and saying, oh, this is what I'm going through, it got to the root and and healed from that place and and implanted new, healthier thought patterns because, yeah, I was so relaxed and then it accesses the subconscious and then it heals from there and it's fascinating. And I just, after I did that, like that within a couple of months is now I'm, I'm you know, preparing to launch my own business and made some big changes in my life after three sessions of hypnotherapy. I mean, I know some people will do seven to 10 sessions. It varies. Um, but yeah, it was, it was amazing. So 
I just want to help people the same way I've been helped. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a great experience. <laughs> Are you, do you know what you're capable of? Have you seen yourself in, in full flow? And um, I will, I, in my self-image scripts that I've begun reading to myself as of late, I, I tell myself that I'm capable of anything I set my mind to. I do believe that. Um, I do believe that whenever I'm, I have a moment of inspiration or an idea that comes of something that I'm meant to do, that's what's meant for me. And I can try and rationalize it or push it out of my mind, but it's all there for a reason. So I'd say whatever it is that's shown to me in my mind is an idea of something I'm meant to do. I'll just keep doing that. So I feel like as humans, our, our potential is essentially is unlimited and the limitations we have are learned and by what others have said to us or we've, and we've accepted them as true. And a lot of us like just place these limitations on ourselves. So yeah, I'm, I'm learning to <laughs> remove all of those limiting beliefs one at a time. <laughs> it's amazing. I think and even to bring that into your own teaching, it's going to be so powerful to, you know, and do, do you, are you clear in terms of who you're going to be able to serve the most? I mean, does that yeah, come, I would, come clear? Yeah, I would say, um, so what I had like written out was um, women ages like 20 to 40 around there um, who are, are <laughs> stumbling on my words, um, who have struggled with self-image issues um, or have, you know, come out of unhealthy relationships that have, yeah hurt them and and learning to believe that they are worth more and and learning to figure out what it is that they want out of life um because so many of us women even men but women would be my niche <laughs> um who have been in these unhealthy relationships often we stay and stay and stay because we don't feel like we deserve better that we're capable of better or we've been fed all of these words and things that aren't true about our worth or lack of worth. And I just, I, I definitely want to help women find worth in themselves and, and learn to live for, for them. And yeah, that's the recipe for, for a happier life. Um, I mean, my, my coaching business, the name I came up with was sincere love foundation coaching SLF is my initials. <laughs> so, um, and I definitely believe that sincere love is the foundation of, of all healing, whether that's sincere love for yourself and should be able to show it to others. And I also want to create a foundation of uh, like a community of people who show sincere love to each other, even men and, um, and are, are true and free and they express themselves and they support each other through whatever it is that they need. There's different divisions. I have a big plan in place, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I definitely want to help mainly women ages 20 to 40 um, with self-image. And hold on. I had written it down, all of it. Um, yeah. So, so poor self-image, unhealthy relationships, abuse or trauma for sure. Um, and I want to encourage people to be open, honest, and become their true, authentic selves uh, and break free from everyone else who told them they need to be or who everyone else told them they need to be and experience life the way they were meant to. So that's what I wrote. <laughs> that's what I want to do. <laughs> um, a word that sort of comes up a lot of you is worth, and I find that very fascinating. Mm -hmm. Can you describe what it means to you now, worth? 
worth? <laughs> That's a loaded question. <laughs> I, I, I used to identify myself as worth less. So I had no good to offer the world or anyone. I had no value. And definitely, yeah, learning my worth was learning that I have value. I have like what I have to say matters and my feelings are valid. And I was put on this earth for a reason. We all were. And learning to believe that and and tapping into my purpose in life and and living from that mindset of of having a purpose and having meaning and having something to say and something good to offer the world yeah that's what that means to me so i've experienced both feelings <laughs> so so funny isn't it to see the the two extremes as you say the worth last to the yeah. you know to the, the full worth i mean is is worth connected to love for you or is, is it in a different um, I would say worth is connected to self-love for me. It's, it's the worth is connected to self-love for me. Um, definitely because as I learned to love myself, I learned that I have worth. I was able to see that I have purpose. I have meaning that I, I'm, I deserve to be loved and deserve to be in the world. And I wouldn't say experiencing love from others is what gives me worth. I don't need to experience love anymore from others to think I have a sense of worth. I mean, it's, it's nice to feel love from others, but I would say having or knowing my worth allows me to give love more freely to others because I'm able to give it to myself. So whereas when I felt worthless, I, I, I didn't know how to express love really towards myself or to anyone else. It was very much like a need, like I need, I can't lose this person or, you know, it was very much from a sense of lack. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to think it's interesting there because do you think is that where it's of the addictions and things come in is where you almost, you displace love or you, you know, you sort of scratch the itch with something externally. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, well, I'm mean, doing drinking alcohol or doing some of the hard drugs I, I did. They gave me like a boost of confidence. I'm obviously not real confidence and it only lasted a few hours, but it was, it was an escape and it was, it was a way to experience what I thought was happiness. And yeah, it was, yeah, I don't. Really, I don't know how else to explain it. <laughs> you know, it's always that that sort of a temporary high, you know. And it's it's. Mm-hmm. I've always found it interesting when people go on this journey. You know, you mentioned earlier on about you know sort of now being more spiritual than religious, and it's interesting how people get that's that's their new high, you know. Yeah. And saying closing the gap between who you are and who you truly are uh, can mm-hmm. be achieved sometimes through substances of some sort or through discovery right you know so it's you've two choices one's potentially damaging in short term and one's long term mm-hmm. do, do you agree yeah, with i that? mean it was, yeah it well definitely i mean it was it was it was just a way of escaping what i knew to be true <laughs> at the time and and escaping the regular feelings of, of day-to-day life and and my negative self-talk and it was a way to 
have some happier feelings, but it wasn't healthy. I mean, it, yeah, I was, I didn't, I didn't look healthy back then. I didn't feel healthy back then, but I, at least I temporarily felt somewhat happy and that's the only way I knew how to experience it back then. So it's much better now, man. I laugh a lot now. I love funny movies and I just laugh hysterically at everything now. It's so nice to just feel such a range of feelings because I'm not numbing myself out with substances, you know, it's just plant medicine is good, but substances, no, <laughs> no the hard stuff. No. What's a, what's a funny movie for them? What's, what's your go-tos? I, I well, actually just recently, believe it or not, I, and that's not a movie. I just watched uh, the full thing of like friends and I watched modern family and I watched uh, we are the Millers is a really great one with Jennifer Aniston and I can't remember the guy's name, but that movie just cracks me up. Oh, it makes me laugh so hard. Um, what else? I, I watched Liar Liar recently too. That's a classic. <laughs> I laughed so hard at that movie. And I'm like, I say to my boyfriend, because he's so calm too. I'm like, are you like, do you think this is funny? Are you laughing? He's like, yeah, it's funny, but he's so like calm, whereas I'm just hysterically laughing at everything. I'm like, okay, as long as you're enjoying it, <laughs> I just express it all now. But it feels good. It feels good to have those like belly ab workout laughs that I've never experienced until like this last year, like so consistently, it's, it's a great thing, you know, nice to, nice to feel. And I think I'm able to appreciate it so much now because of the contrast from, from where I've been, where I've come from. So I appreciate the contrast now. <laughs> what, what would be the nicest thing somebody could say to you? The nicest thing someone could say to me, you gave me hope. That would be the nicest thing someone can say. And you showed me it's possible to change. And now I want to change my life. And I'm going to change my life. Anything along those lines. It, you, before it used to be external. And, and sure, it's nice to be appreciated for external. But that doesn't make me who I am. And, and, and I'm meant for... My worth is, to, is beyond just the external. And it's... I feel fulfilled when I'm able to help people and, and, and help them see their potential and what they're capable of. So. <laughs> is there an element you think you, you sort of continue to help yourself? You know, it's like would, help, helping others also helps you. Is, is, is there too? Yeah, I would definitely say so. It's maybe like healing for me because it's like anytime I see anyone in those not, so healthy relationships or, or feeling hopeless or mean, like they have no meaning to their life or no purpose. When I am able to, when they share this with me, which is often, which is really nice. I appreciate it. Um, I can feel, I, it's like, I'm reliving it. I'm feeling what they felt because I remember. And when, as I'm able to help them and, and see them grow and, you know, see the light come on in their eyes. <laughs> It's, it's, yeah, it feels really good. And, and just to know that I was able to use my own pain and struggles to help lift somebody else up out of all the pain and, and that, that way of life, you know, and things that I wish people would have maybe helped me a little bit more back then. I'm doing what I would have liked or appreciated back then, but everything happened the way it was, for, the way it did for a reason. So, yeah. Hey. How dark and how bad do you think it got for you in hindsight? Um, 
Well, I would say I had a few suicide attempts and a few drug overdoses and I was escorting and I was in some very dangerous places with men who treated me like garbage. <laughs> and yeah, it was, it was dark. I mean, I just didn't want to live anymore, but I was scared of dying. <laughs> I was scared. Yet I tried a couple of times. It didn't work. Um, but yeah, just no sense of meaning or purpose and just constant negative chatter and negative environments. And it was, it was dark. And the night, I mean, the night I decided to quit using, I thought I was going to die that night. And I just promised myself and God that I was, or universe, um, that if I made it through that night, I would change my life and I made it. So I went to rehab <laughs> and yeah, it was, it was scary, but it was a struggle, but it was, it's all worth it in the end. And, and I think because of how dark it got is why I'm able to just feel this elation and absolute bliss now and gratitude and appreciation for, for how things are now, because it's so different than what I ever thought was possible for my life. Yeah. It's way different. <laughs> I'm just glad I, I'm glad I stuck around and that all my other attempts didn't work. I'm glad I got to experience life the way I do now. I can't want to cry. <laughs> it's amazing. That, I mean, there's an expression I particularly like, you know, and it's like, you know, to see the light, you sometimes have to see the dark, you know, and it's, it can be, it's from your darkest hour can come, you know, the point of change. It can come, you know, to, and that's what comes across, you know, and, when you when you talk about that that decision that choice that enough yeah enough i was like i um like something popped in my head when i was like looking in the mirror and like picking out my face and i thought i was gonna die and <laughs> and then all of a sudden when i saw him in my eyes i made eye contact with myself and i was like what the heck am i doing with my life what am i doing to myself and all of a sudden this thought came in was like you're not going to reach your fullest potential if you continue doing this, if you continue living this way. And I was like, I don't even know where that came from because it's not even something I would have ever thought before. I don't even know what my potential was, <laughs> um, but I just, I heard it. I felt it. And, and yeah, I made that promise if I made it through and yeah, I mean, now anytime I go through, I have like dark, sometimes dark weeks at a time or dark, a dark few days, but I know now that, that's leading to another breakthrough or there's there's a reason why I'm feeling that way and as soon as I discover what it is and I take the action necessary to heal that or make that change or whatever that's when it's like another breakthrough another shift in my life another moment of growth and I now know there's like there's always a light at, at the end of that tunnel it's not a never-ending bout of depression it's it's I'm feeling that way for a reason and I recognize it i'm like okay what is it that's bugging me right now okay i figured it out okay let's do that <laughs> and then i feel good but it's sometimes it takes a few days sometimes it takes a week but I, i'm learning that it's it's just part of that process of of continuous growth and and improving my life so <laughs> and you mentioned religion versus spirituality i mean you know, and spirituality has almost come up there. I mean, do you, do you, do you feel that, you know, this connected? Are you guided or what way do you? Yeah. Do you feel? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, I grew up 
very, like I said, very religious. And it was very much like, oh, go to church, go read this many chapters every day, do this, do that, memorize this verse. And it felt very, it to me, it didn't feel like there was a real relationship there. It felt like I was being told to and I had to or else from my own experience. And as I've learned to kind of tune it, um, listen to that intuition. And I know that that nudge is there. It's, it's any of these ideas that are coming to me. It's they're They're not automatically in my mind. They're being shown to me. And now that I'm learning to listen um, and not just like let fear hold me back, I keep good experiences and opportunities keep happening. And I mean, I'm not saying my life is perfect and rosy and sunshine all the time, but it's, it's a lot better than it was. And I, I definitely believe that everything happens for a reason. And that as long as I keep listening to that intuition, I'll keep being guided down, down the right path. Cause like I said earlier, when I ignore it is when things that aren't so great happen. And then I'm like, Oh, I should have done that. <laughs> should have done something else. So yeah, definitely feel guided. Yeah. Mm. I was guided that night when I decided to, to quit. Like I, some, something told me that I would never reach my potential. And I, and I, yeah, I heard that and it wasn't from me. So, yes. <laughs> well, I, I mean, have you had sort of heroes or inspirational people in your life that really stood out? Uh, inspirational people. Um, I would say like <laughs> my, my favorite, like, I would say celebrity at least has inspired me greatly is Oprah <laughs> because of like her coming from such darkness and, and people not believing in her to creating like a name for herself, but using it for good. Um, and, and having those hard conversations with people and, and getting them to talk about all sorts of things. And, and yeah, I, I would say Oprah for sure. I mean, I used to walk, watch her talk show even when I was in my addiction. I would watch her talk show every day. <laughs> and um, yeah, I would say Oprah is a big one for me. Um, i trying to think. I mean, I didn't really have relationships or people that I was close with for years until lately. I, I couldn't even really keep a like, close relationship or have any like mentors or anything like that. Um, I had a, a counselor when I was in, in school. I, I got, I left my normal high school, went to like a learning center and I had a counselor there who um, I wouldn't, I would hardly even do my schoolwork. I would just be living in her office, just talking to her all the time. <laughs> um, and she, she was in AA or Alcoholics Anonymous. And we lost touch after I, I, I ended up dropping out, but I ran into her at an AA meeting <laughs> when I was in rehab. And it was like amazing. We're still in touch now, but she she turned her life around, and she was a great help for me, for sure. She cared for me when I felt like no one really did. So I'm gonna cry again. <laughs> uh, I love her. Her name's Mary. She's great. <laughs> yeah, but I can't really say any anyone else that I can think of. I mean, just listening to different speeches and and online and seeing that people turn their lives around reading books and stories of people turning their life around. And, yeah. <laughs> it, it ties in with hope, doesn't it? You know, that sort of yeah. aspiration of hope for people and, you know, no matter yeah, where no, they are. Yeah. Knowing that change is possible. Right. Yeah. Mm. It, knowing that I don't have to stay stuck 
where I was and, and it's up to me and I can't just like blame, blame, blame. <laughs> like sure. Some people have done some hurtful things, but if I take responsibility for my own life rather than relying or expecting everyone else to do it for me, I take power. Like I take control of my life and now it's my life <laughs> and yeah, it's, it feels good. <laughs> and I want to do that for others. <laughs> so. What's been something that's been really hard for you to face? Um, something that's been hard for me to face. Um, I would say my relationships with my family. Um, I mean, they, they vary. Um, they change, especially now that I'm on a different path now, I feel like they wanted me to do better, but I sometimes feel like the dynamics have shifted so quickly because I'm, I'm no longer just like feeling sorry for myself. I'm, I'm taking action and now I want to like help others. And I, I feel like, I feel like maybe they're a little more guarded around me now because <laughs> I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to say I call people on their stuff, but I kind of do know. So yeah, just feeling like I don't really have a very, I never really have had a super close relationship with my mom. Um, yeah, she's, she's gone through some stuff growing up and I, I see it now as, as there is all for a reason and it's not me. <laughs> um, but yeah, also just, I mean, I just recently got an apology from my dad for how things were when, when I grew up, I mean, I was in foster care for a little while too, um, just cause of some stuff going on at home. And yeah, I had a chat with him recently though, which was hard, <laughs> but before he'd always say, Oh, I'm sorry. I felt I had to do this. I felt I had to do that. Like he, he expressed his anger in the same way his dad did towards him. And I was finally, I think because of my schooling and learning how to communicate a little better, <laughs> um, I was able to express to him that like, yes, he used to kind of say I was a lot of the reason for some of the problems in the family, but, and I was expressing my anger in, in very un unhealthy ways. And that's why he felt he had to you know, express his anger back at me. But I said to him, I said, Dad, like, where did you think I learned to express my anger from back then? And I said, I was hearing it. I was witnessing it. I, I, I could sense the tension before I even started expressing my anger. And so when I ate part and in a lot of what I had learned growing up, I finally, I finally got an apology from him, which I never thought I would get because no matter how many other times I explained it to him before, he just couldn't see that. And what was done wasn't really okay. Um, but like, he's a great man. He's taught me a lot of my, or should, I'm, I'm very sensitive. I think I get it very much from him. And I'm also had a bad temper, <laughs> which is very much like him. So he taught me a lot of good things, but yeah, I think facing that or having that conversation was, was, was hard because it, it brought up some stuff. I mean, I was having some, <laughs> some flashbacks of some stuff, but um, yeah, there's definitely been some healing in the family, but then also like one of my siblings is going through some of his own struggles and doesn't really want to talk too much to me right now um, because I won't just be around people who, who will talk about 
the problem, the problem, the problem, and not focus any energy on solutions. And I used to be that way too. And I, I can understand it's just, it's so hard for me now, especially because I want to help people so much to just like, be like, okay, yeah. <laughs> and just like can participate in that conversation. So, so right now it's, the relationships are kind of all over the place right now. So that's hard for me, but I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and everything will work out the way it's meant to. So, <laughs> yeah, my sister and I talk a lot though. So that's great. <laughs> I was going to say, obviously, being through everything you've been through, I mean, you know, when there's people are there sort of to help themselves or to change, I mean, do you struggle to see that other, actually other people that maybe need to change or could change don't? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, because I, I mean, I see how I was in a lot of those people and and I, I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to participate in, in, I feel like almost if I participate in the conversation by like, agreeing with them or not pointing out any solutions essentially like for family and stuff or you know people in my life I feel like I'm almost enabling it or or just I feel like I should say something if I know a possible solution because I don't feel like a lot of good comes from like it's great to vent but I don't feel like dwelling and saying I can't do this because and I can't do this because and just focusing on all the limitations that we've decided <laughs> unconsciously or unconsciously that we have. I feel like I'm, I'm doing something wrong if I don't say the truth. And a lot of people don't like that so much now that I've turned into this version of myself, but I'm not going to filter myself or bite my tongue if I feel like there's a solution that's needed to be heard. So. Yeah. And it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to, to speak up and try and be the voice of reason, but not everyone likes me for it. And it's part of the process, part of the journey. So I'm getting quite, thicker skin. <laughs> it's quite the flip though, isn't it really? I mean, someone who was socially anxious and cared what other people think to sort of go and now don't really care. In yeah. fact, if anything, it's, it almost <laughs> seems to slightly fuel you, you know, it's like, you might have an opinion on, and you know that's not right, but yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's a big change. <laughs> the big change from being scared of what everyone would think and and biting my tongue because I was afraid I'd sound stupid or that what I had to say would be, wouldn't matter or it's just yeah, just worrying what everyone thought about me constantly was keeping me quiet. And now that I've worked through so many things and I feel like I have some experience and solutions or resources or whatever it may be. Um, yeah. It's, I feel like I'm doing people an injustice if I don't say something and if they choose to see it as me trying to attack them, even when my tone behind it usually is really, I do my best to have a great tone. I'm not always perfect. Um, but I feel like I'm doing an injustice if I bite my tongue and, and just continue letting them spend all their energy focusing on the problem rather than the solution. And I'm very conscious of, where I'm spending my own energy now and what kind of mindset I have and what I'm focusing on and how that affects my results in life. And if, if like, I feel like I'd be doing something wrong if I don't share that with people, <laughs> it's like, it's a solution. <laughs> Let me share it. <laughs> so it's, it's hard sometimes, but I'm going to keep doing what feels right. So I'm not perfect. But... Well, it's, it's powerful. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is, you know, do what's right for you and, and lean into it, you know, make the most of it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Thomas, what's a what's a guilty pleasure for you? Oh, guilty pleasure. Mm, 
chocolate. <laughs> chips and chocolate. Some which, evening. Which chips or chocolate? Which one? Oh, do I have to choose? It depends. Okay, I would say savory is probably my most favorite. Then okay, okay, chips, chips. Occasionally, I like chocolate after dinner. But chips, like if I just recently had a chat with my boyfriend, I'm like, stop putting those on the shelf. Stop buying them because if they're there, I will know. And I will see them on the corner of my eye. Or as soon as I see them, I'm like, <gasps> during the movies, mindless eating sometimes. But I'm getting better at that. Now we're, I had a chat with him. We're going to try and not have them in the house. nearly as often. <laughs> Definitely not as much at a time if we get any. It's going to be one bag, not the half the store. <laughs> sometimes you gotta stock up or so i thought but no yeah, there's more there i'm gonna eat more <laughs> pandemics armageddon whatever right? you know, so. <laughs> gotta stock up on the chips and the important stuff <laughs> yeah no, i now not. realize if there's more there i won't be conscious of how much i'm eating i'll just have way too much because i know there's plenty there so i'm yeah <laughs> and leisure and pleasure for you what does that look like Le sorry leisure leisure and pleasure <laughs> leisure and pleasure um i would say like going to a massage i would say going to a massage um reading a good book with a cup of tea or coffee sitting on the grass by the water or the beach i love the beach oh yeah the beach <laughs> I started wearing sunscreen recently i wish i kind of started way back but oh well <laughs> better late than never <laughs> what is it about water it's healing oh just the sounds of it and like the waves and and it feels like so nice to walk along the the shore and feel the waves coming up and yeah it's just it's very soothing even at night I, I put on the sound of rain to help me sleep I just I love water I love baths I love yeah, I love, I just love it. It's peaceful and it's so hypnotizing to look at the waves and, and like the sun on the water. And yeah, it's very peaceful. It's being out in nature is, is something I appreciate way more than I used to. Like I never even used to notice or care that the seasons were changing. And now when I see the leaves changing or the sun coming out or any of those things, it's yeah, or beach season. <laughs> it's so exciting for me. And it's nice to appreciate the contrast. <laughs> Yeah. So there is something about water, you know, there's just, that's a common theme that people will either want to be looking at it or standing in it or lying <laughs> on it or being immersed yeah. in it, whatever. There's just humans in water where, despite the <laughs> fact we've got two legs and we can walk away, we're still drawn <laughs> back to it. Totally, right? I love it. Or even like, even just staring at like fire too, is like hypnotizing, right? Mm. It's just, I feel like, I feel like being around these things is, it brings us back to like human nature i think before all the distractions of technology and everything right like just being in nature and being around all these like natural things all this natural beauty that's there for us to appreciate that we so often don't recognize or appreciate because we're distracted with all the hustle and bustle of life um it's 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 grounding and i even learned that electrons or something go through the ground into your feet when you're walking on it that's why it feels so good <laughs> like that makes so much sense grounding yeah Connecting and discharging yeah absolutely yeah i'm full yeah. of random information that excite me <laughs> well what's what's a random talent that you have that not many people know about random talent oh, well if i say writing poetry that would be obvious because people know that i love writing um uh i used to play the flute a fair bit <laughs> i would like i would like to tap back into that um random talent 
You know, I, that's a good question to ask myself. I think anytime I've I've tried to ask myself if I'm, I'm talented in, in any of the ways that people would be considered talented, I'm like, I, <laughs> but I'm sure I have like my gifts with like people and, and stuff like that. But I, I don't know that I have any hidden talents. I'm pretty open about <laughs> everything and everything about myself. So talk to us about your poetry. My poetry. Um, yeah, I used to write, I used to write a lot, um, especially back in my depression and, and I would journal a lot, a lot too. I found it very like therapeutic or just, it helped me express myself when I couldn't speak it to people or I felt like people didn't really want to hear it. Um, I would write and, and it was like my safe space to express myself. And a lot of it back then was, was very dark. Um, but more recently it's been for more inspirational and uplifting stuff about like transforming my life. And yeah, I, I, I write about that kind of stuff now. It's not just dark, depressed stuff like it used to be. <laughs> so that's good. I think more people would enjoy it now. <laughs> and you mentioned maybe a book in time. What would it be on, you know? Uh, I think it would be more of like an autobiography, to be honest. Um, I think autobiography and maybe the movie would tie into that. So. Yeah, it's I, I I'm currently networking with with people who are in the have the right resources and everything to help make this a reality. So fingers crossed it'll come soon. Who, <laughs> I have would, who would play you? Sorry. Who would play you? Who would play me? Oh, that's a good question. Um, gosh, I really uh, I love Julia Roberts, but she's my favorite. I love her and Aaron Brockovich is my favorite movie character ever. Um, who would play me though? I don't know. <laughs> I, I actually don't know. That's a, that's a good question. Thank you for, for helping me ask myself that. That's <laughs> better get on that. <laughs> that's it. You got to visualize it and see who's there so you can definitely power up the imagination. Yeah. So tell me this, if you were to describe your fire in the belly in one or two words, what, what would they be? in two words can it be two separate words sure <laughs> uh i would say love mm-hmm. and purpose yeah definitely love and purpose and and loving loving myself and others has totally changed my life and having a purpose gives me direction in life so Love. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> very it's the same, very powerful. Most people completely ignore the fact they say two words. It can be, you know, three sentences, but oh, you know, let's go. You've actually followed the okay. instruction. It's quite rare. Oh, perfect. So. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm glad I comprehended. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me this: Where can people find out more? Reach you, stalk you, hunt you down, follow you, all the usual social media ways. Yeah, so everyone can can stalk me or hunt me down on. <laughs> on uh, shannon underscore leanne xo or there is all or that's on instagram um or i also have my coaching page soon to be launched business so that is sincere love foundation coaching if you write sincere love foundation or something it should come up a lot faster <laughs> um yeah and then i have my youtube channel is shannon leanne brilliant and i have lots of videos on there about my personal development journey wow so. fantastic yeah. Is there a message you'd like to leave the audience? Um, I would definitely say that 
learning to let go of, I mean, I've talked about this, but to say to everyone else, learning to let go of, of what others think and, and living for ourselves is scary, but it is a hundred percent worth it. And the fulfillment and inner peace and, and self-love that you will feel as a result of doing so and pushing through the fear and pain is, is so worth it. And I truly believe that's how, how life is, is meant to be lived. We've been programmed to believe that we need to be someone we're not to, in order to be loved, but we are worthy just as we are. And we will attract the right people for our lives if we are true to ourselves. So, yeah. <laughs> Powerful. Love it. Thank you. Awesome. Sharon, it's a fantastic journey. It's listening there's so much there, and I'm I'm delighted you've come on today to to share so much of it. And I appreciate your your openness and honesty there as well. Thank um, you. I'm excited. The time flew by. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know it's 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 always this way. People say no, no, I'll not talk for that long, you know. And it's it's always great to, <laughs> to hear it. So, listen, I wish you the best, and I'm, no doubt we'll talk again. So, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you so much. Have a good day. <laughs> well, that was another great episode of Fire in the Belly. You know, this really wouldn't be possible without our great guests taking the time to share their personal journeys. And boy, boy, sometimes it is personal. It's an absolute pleasure to have that and then to hear the journeys that people have been on. We've loads more episodes coming up soon and it's always a pleasure to have guests on. If you do happen to know anyone with true fire in their belly, please reach out to us so we can share their journey, lessons and successes. So all that's left to say is have a great day, live with fire in your belly and be the mightiest version of you.